You're listening to The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi everyone, Paul here, and just a quick message from me to let you know that if you are looking to improve the performance of your team, no matter whether it is a work, sporting, or community one, then we've developed some tools to help. On the website, you will find our Thriving Teams Diagnostic, which uses insights from the more than 200 great coaches we have interviewed to challenge you with a series of questions to help you understand how your team is performing. It's free and only takes a few minutes to complete. If you'd like to know more, you can check out our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Lessons from the Great Coaches podcast. I've learned that you don't do it alone. You learn so many different things from so many different coaches. That's an elite learning environment. Failure is not a problem. How you deal with it is a problem. How to be resilient. How important it is to infuse joy in the process of learning. To be a good coach, you've got to give more than you take. What an interesting life it is to be a leader. My name is Paul Barnett, and you are listening to The Great Coaches Podcast, where we explore leadership through the lens of high-performance sport by interviewing great coaches from around the world to try and find ideas to help all of us be better leaders. We started this podcast because we wanted to have better conversations with our families around the dinner table. In a social media world where the goal is often to be the star of the show, we wanted to change the conversation and talk more about selflessness, leadership and responsibility. And the people we knew who best exhibited these qualities were great sports coaches. As the podcast has grown, the great coaches we have interviewed have shared so much insight and wisdom that we decided to create episodes dedicated entirely to the lessons that have resonated with us the most. Today's episode is on the topic of self-reflection, and it features audio quotes from a wide selection of coaches that we have interviewed from around the world. The Lessons from the Great Coaches Podcast One of the early interviews we did was with a rugby sevens coach called Damien McGrath. Damien had coached the national teams of five countries and written three books, and as a result, is very good at communicating in a short, succinct way that cuts straight to the heart of the matter. We caught him at the start of the pandemic when he was laid up in Germany, recovering from a leg injury and away from his family. And so, by his own admission, he was in a reflective mood. That day, we discussed two things that helped shape many of the interview questions we would go on to ask other guests afterwards. The first was this, in relation to criticism, where he said, quote, 
don't listen to the people in the stands or you'll end up sitting next to them, end quote. And the second was about the importance of self-reflection. Being laid up here, I've started to, I, I, to think about coaching from a, a sort of a leadership point of view more and more. And I don't think, I think as, as coaches, we should do that. We should, you should document what you do all the time. I know everybody who's successful is a self-reflector or, or should be. But I don't think sometimes we document the things we go through and how it leads to change and how we manage that change and how we sort of, you have to be fluid and how you move forward. It's a worthwhile task. To this point, I hadn't realised that self-reflection was so important. But afterwards, I spent time researching it and asking other coaches about their views on self-reflection. And what emerged was two things. First, the importance of mirrors, which you'll hear numerous times in this episode. And secondly, the importance of doing it first as a leader before you engage anybody else with feedback. Here is soccer coach Tanya Oxterby. And we want that. We want players that look at themselves first, think about what they can change, what they could have done better, what they did really well. And we're then looking to add to that because as coaches, we should be doing the same thing. We should be looking... I know when we don't perform well or we lose a game, first thing I do is think, oh, what did I do wrong there? Did I set us up right? Did I did I get the opposition analysis wrong? Straight away, you should be looking at yourself first and then start to look outwardly. As humans, we are often our harshest critic. But great coaches are able to move beyond this very quickly and look for the learning so that they are able to improve next time. In fact, they are very good at the loop of reflect, learn and move on, and use it to fuel their own development. Here is Sandy Brondello reflecting on this loop and how she uses it with her kids as well. And it's not about, I don't, it's not blame on the players. I always blame myself. I'm my hardest critic. There's things I could have done better. I don't point the finger on what can I do better. So that's why I look at it and like, okay, I need to be better. And it's, you know, continual. You're not going to win every single game. But there's always lessons to be learned in every single game. And that's what I do as a, I reflect and then I learn and I, then I move on to the next game and hopefully I can be better. And that's why when I was a player, every single day I went to work to be the best I could be. I wasn't trying to be, you know, someone else on my team, beating them out. It's no different as a coach. I want to make sure I'm learning from my, those experiences and then making sure I do a better job next time. And I try and pass it on to my kids. Because, you know, they just you know, want things to come too easy. You know, you're not going to get satisfaction if things are too easy in life. Eddie Jones builds on what Sandy has to say by making the link that it's not just teams that have to evolve, but coaches too. And in fact, if you don't take the time to reflect on how you will improve, you will eventually peter out. It's almost like the whole world's been taken back to to the base and, and teams are literally and players are literally starting again. So there's this great opportunity this moment to really evolve what you're doing as a team in terms of your training, in terms of the game, in terms of the way you operate. And that relates to coaches too. Yeah, you've got to you've got to keep thinking about right, how can I evolve myself as a coach? How can I keep getting better as a coach? And and unless you do that you are going to die. In the March twenty twenty two edition of the Harvard Business Review, there was an article that featured research on the impact of self-reflection on the development of 442 business leaders. 
it found that if you don't take time to rest and reflect on what you have learned, then you will fatigue and this will impact your development and performance. Beverly Priestman coached the Canadian women's team to a gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics. And she proves this finding by explaining how it was the downtime during the early part of the pandemic that allowed her to be clear on who she was and what she wanted to achieve. So in that pandemic, I locked myself in a room. I developed like who I am as a person. What are my values? What will my culture look like? How do I want to play? And so I articulated this and became really, really clear about who I am, what I was going to be about should that first senior head coaching position come up. And obviously Canada, they came calling um, from my previous time there. And I felt really ready, refreshed and clear to take on that position. James Wade led the Chicago Sky to the 2021 WNBA Championship. And he connected the routine of self-reflection with heightened self-accountability and how this spurs him on to express his shortcomings in front of the team. And as we are learning through more sociology research and people like Brene Brown, vulnerability as a leader builds trust and elevates team performance. Self-accountability. The easiest thing for a coach to do is after a game is to go look at the stat sheet or look at video and say, hey, look, we didn't do this right, this right, this right, this right, this right. The first thing I do after a game, whether we win or lose, is okay, what could I have done better? I look at myself first and foremost in in the mirror when we go back to the locker room. Before I go talk to the coaches, I say, okay, I I didn't do this. I I was bad at this tonight. I can do this better. And then I approach the team and say, hey, look, as a group, we can do this better. Whether it be our energy or whether it be attention to detail and and schemes or whatever it may be, or whether it be us playing together, I'll hold them to that. But I also hold myself accountable in front of them as well, because I make a lot of mistakes. I think we get this false sense of the coach is always right all the time. And if you're not always right, that means you're not a good coach. And I'm self-aware of who I am. I'm I'm self-aware of my shortcomings. And I don't mind talking about them because I know that an ever-evolving person. And so I'm trying to get it right. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Michelle Clark Hurd is an American basketball coach. And she also makes the connection between self-reflection and vulnerability with the team and adds to it by explaining how it helps her find common ground with other people in the organization. There's always individuals and people sometimes that 
don't know how to express themselves or they sometimes have a fear of like just wanting to be who they are. And I just really love letting people understand and know that it's okay to be different. It's okay to have who you are, but let's just find that common space where we both can be who we are. And I always tell my players all the time, I look at myself in the mirror first. You have to be uh, very vulnerable and you have to get them to understand that and, and just a lot of backstories. As a leader, there will be times when you have to move on from a team, either voluntarily or not. And self-reflection can help you keep perspective on what you were able to achieve, even though the job may not have been finished. Here is NBA coach Joe Prunty. I think one of the biggest things, regardless of how you leave a team, is can you look yourself in the mirror and say you did the best that you could while you were there? And did you do the best that you could with the things that you were presented at that time? So I think that's a huge part of it is looking yourself in the mirror and knowing that you did what you could. But there can be no denying that self-reflection can hurt, particularly if you can identify reasons why someone in your care did not reach their potential. Here is the legendary swimming coach, Bill Sweetenham, describing how this feeling affects him. When every athlete retires, I go in and look in the mirror and ask myself, did I get the best out of that athlete? No excuses. I can't say, did I get the best out of that athlete who only came six sessions a week? Did I get the best out of that athlete who really didn't try hard? I can't do that. I can't rationalise that. I have to go in and look in the mirror at 50 years of age, or 50 years of experience and say, did I achieve without rationalisation, without excuses, without compromise, get that athlete their best result? And if I can't do that, then I fail. Whether it's the highest talent in the pool or the least talent, provided they're both committed to the uh, training system that you've asked them to do. So whenever I fall short, it hurts. It leaves a scar. Building your own process for self-reflecting will help it become a key part of your routine as a leader. Here is Helene Wilson explaining how she goes about this. Yeah, I think, first of all, you've got to self-reflect as a coach. So that's a skill. And if you don't have a process for self-reflecting, then you're not going to grow your awareness around what you're doing as a coach or could you be doing things better. But you've got to be careful that self-reflection isn't ruminating. So you're not just sitting on things and overthinking things because that's not healthy either. So I always think to myself, what have I done in practice today? Why have I done it? What's working? What's not? So I have a process where I'm going over those things. And what have I noticed? Which is a really powerful question. And what could I do differently? When I think about those questions and when you you reflect in that way, it might pose some more questions to you, but they're questions that you can put to your group or the people that are around you. And then you can lever off the support and expertise you have to be better. If you're having a critical conversation or a difficult conversation with someone else rather than yourself, I've always thought, what's the stance that I need to take? So you can take a stance of advocating what you need to discuss in an honest or critical conversation, but you can also take the stance of inquiry and inquiring with questions and questions are a great way to get people on the same level as you. So depending on what the outcome of what you're reflecting on yourself what your contribution was to the situation and then how you need to engage with someone else. You need to be really careful about the stance that you take to 
just bring that critical conversation and honest conversation to the forefront. The final word on self-reflection comes from Lisa Alexander, who captures an idea many of the great coaches talk about, journaling as a way to capture experiences and examine them for learning. I'm an educator, so I'm always optimistic that people can learn this. And I think it, it goes back to that the writing, the journal is actually writing down those issues or experiences that have been tough and really examining them instead of not facing them. I've often written down my challenges and the things that have really confronted me and what I needed to do, which has been very helpful. So it's sort of like having your own co-pilot that sort of helps you to navigate the, the tough times. We hope you enjoyed our episode on self-reflection and found one or two things that you can bring to your own dinner table, locker room or boardroom table for discussion. The key lessons I have taken away on the topic of self-reflection from our interview guests are look at yourself first and reflect on how you performed before giving feedback to others. It's important to not dwell on personal criticism though, but rather to focus on the loop of reflect, learn and move on. Finding time to reflect will not only help your development and performance, but it will help you manage fatigue. Self-reflection can help build personal accountability when it comes to key goals and help you achieve compromise within the team. And journaling, where you write down your thoughts and observations, is a good way to start the practice of self-reflection. Here at the Great Coaches Podcast, we are always trying to reflect and learn, so please let us know if you have any feedback. Just like Ponko from France, who said, Great podcast. Merci pour ce programme très enrichment. I'm sorry, my French is terrible. Thanks, Ponko. The interaction with people around the world who listen gives us great energy. And so if you have any feedback or comments, please let us know. All the details on how to connect with us are in the show notes or on our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. 